Welcome to FurniturePodcast.com, the podcast where we explore the latest happenings in the industry from the surging imports and mixed Q4 results of GXO to the ongoing challenges faced by retailers, the exciting revamp of brand identities, the outlook on textiles, and the ever-evolving landscape of product diversity. In today's episode, we'll cover January imports and port transit delays, GXO's revenue gain and growth predictions, the settlement of a race discrimination lawsuit, the decline in furniture store sales, Big Lot's upcoming Q4 results, the brand refresh of American Freight, future projections for home textile sales, and furniture suppliers expanding into new categories. According to logistics software provider Descartes, January imports in the U.S. rose by nearly 8% compared to December, the largest December to January gain in seven years. Descartes obtained this data from U.S. Customs filings and reported that the U.S. imported 2.27 million 20-foot containers in January, witnessing a 7.9% increase from December and a 9.9% increase from the previous January. Among the top 10 U.S. ports, container imports increased by 8.4%, with notable gains at the ports of Los Angeles, up 21.1%, and Long Beach, up 15.1%. The Port of New York also experienced a 6.8% gain, while the ports of Houston and Charleston faced the largest declines. Descartes attributed a significant portion of the increase in imports to a rise in imports from China, which saw a 14.9% increase over December. Interestingly, the largest product categories among these imports were furniture and bedding. Furthermore, Descartes highlighted that overall port transit delays, particularly at East Coast ports, increased in January. With the exception of the Port of Los Angeles, which showed a slight decrease, the top ports experienced delays. Notably, the East Coast ports of Norfolk, New York, New Jersey, and Charleston saw transit delays exceeding two days. Descartes also identified various risk factors for the year ahead. The most notable is the labor agreement between the International Longshoremen's Association and the United States Maritime Alliance, which will expire in September. Concerns over automation and wages have led the union to indicate their unwillingness to extend the contract. Additionally, factors such as the health of the U.S. economy, rising port transit wait times, and the possibility of new COVID subvariants impacting China were cited as potential concerns. Contract logistics company GXO has reported positive financial results for the fourth quarter and full year of 2023. The company experienced a growth in revenue for the fourth quarter, reaching $2.6 billion, which is a gain of more than $100 million compared to the previous year. Operating income also increased to $87 million, up from $74 million in 2022. However, adjusted EBTDA fell to $193 million, a decrease of $12 million from the previous year, and cash flow from operations declined by $11 million to reach $215 million. For the full year, GXO's financial performance was stronger. Revenue increased to $9.8 billion compared to just under $9 billion in 2022. Operating income rose to $318 million from $242 million, and adjusted EBITDA increased to $741 million from $728 million. According to GXO's leadership, the company achieved significant growth in revenue, net income, and adjusted EBITDA in 2023. 
They also highlighted the successful closure of new business deals totaling $1 billion in annualized value, with a significant portion resulting from outsourcing contracts. GXO's acquisition of e-commerce fulfillment platform PFSweb contributed to this success and enabled the company to expand its customer base. Looking ahead, GXO forecasts a revenue growth of 2% to 5% in 2024, along with an adjusted EBITDA range of $760 million to $790 million. The company remains focused on driving further growth by leveraging its acquisition of PFSweb. Affordable Rent to Own, LLC, operating as Affordable Home Furnishings, has agreed to pay $105,000 to settle a race discrimination lawsuit filed by the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. The lawsuit alleged that a white account manager repeatedly used racial slurs towards an African-American manager in training at the Florida Boulevard store in Baton Rouge. When the victim reported the incidents to other managers, he was terminated from his employment. This conduct was found to violate Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which prohibits race discrimination and retaliation for reporting such discrimination. Under the terms of a three-year consent decree, Affordable Home Furnishings will provide $105,000 in back pay and damages to the former employee. Additionally, the company will undergo training, revise policies, establish a complaint hotline, provide regular reports to the EEOC, and display a notice affirming its commitment to Title VII. The resolution of this lawsuit not only provides appropriate relief to the victim, but also sends a strong message that racial harassment has no place in our society. Rudy Sesteda, the regional attorney for the EEOC's Houston District Office, stated that this settlement signifies the unequivocal stance against racial harassment. Peter Teese, a senior trial attorney at the EEOC's New Orleans field office, emphasized that the use of racial slurs in the workplace is both unacceptable and unlawful. Terminating an employee for reporting such incidents only compounds the offense. A review of 2023 retail sales data reveals that the furniture sector experienced a 5.4% decline in sales for the year, indicating that it lagged significantly behind the growth observed in most other segments. According to figures released by the Department of Commerce, furniture store sales totaled $133.6 billion in 2023, placing the sector at number 11 among the top 13 categories monitored by the U.S. government. While furniture stores outperformed sporting goods, hobby, musical instrument, and bookstores as well as electronics and appliance stores, Miscellaneous store retailers, clothing and clothing accessories stores, health and beauty stores, and building materials and garden supply stores all surpassed furniture stores in terms of sales volume. More significantly, furniture store sales pale in comparison to other sectors, such as gasoline stations, general merchandise stores, including department stores, restaurants, and bars, and non-store retailers, including e-commerce retailers and catalogs. While furniture sales experienced a decline of 5.4%, most other categories saw an increase in sales. Nevertheless, even categories with small gains like sporting goods, hobby, musical instrument, and bookstores and electronics and appliance stores may not be sufficient for businesses to offer raises or hire additional staff. The segments with higher percentage gains, such as clothing and clothing accessories, stores, food and beverage stores, 
miscellaneous store retailers, motor vehicle and parts dealers, non-store retailers, health and personal care stores, and restaurants and bars indicate where some of the competition lies, particularly outside the travel and entertainment industries. Despite these challenges, furniture remains an important part of creating experiences and memories within the home. Capitalizing on this aspect can help the industry recover from its current sluggish state and thrive in the future. Big Lots, the retail company, has provided some preliminary insights into its performance for the fourth quarter before the official financial report is released on March 7th. Bruce Thorne, the president and CEO of Big Lots, stated that the company's performance in the fourth quarter is in line with expectations. Here are some key points discussed by Thorne. 1. Comparable sales. While there was an improvement compared to the third quarter, the company's comparable sales are expected to be in the single-digit negative range. 2. Gross margin rate. Big Lots forecasted an improvement in gross margin rate to around 38%, primarily due to reduced markdown activity, lower freight costs, cost reductions, and productivity initiatives. 3. Operating expenses, adjusted selling, general, and administrative expenses are anticipated to decrease by a low single-digit percentage compared to the previous year's fourth quarter. Thorne also mentioned that the company generated significant cash flow during the quarter, which was utilized to pay down debt on the $900 million asset-based lending facility. However, the announcement did not provide specific details regarding the amount of cash flow generated in Q4. Big Lots has faced challenges in returning to growth as its core customers have been hesitant to purchase larger ticket items, especially furniture. In the first nine months of 2023, the company experienced a 16% decline in sales, reaching $3.3 billion, and the gross margin was just below 35%. The operating loss for the period widened to $363.6 million from $253.4 million in the prior year's period. During the Q3 investor call in November, Thorne expressed confidence in the progress made in turning around the business. The company's key strategic actions, including Project Springboard, aimed at delivering incredible bargains and communicating undeniable value to customers, are gaining momentum. The project is expected to provide bottom-line benefits of $200 million, mostly realized by the end of 2024. American Freight, a top 100 retailer, has recently undergone a brand refresh. The company, now known as AF, has updated its branding and revamped its store experience. However, it is important to note that this is not a rebranding effort, but rather a refresh to enhance the existing brand. Lori Joffe Turgeman, AF's chief marketing officer, emphasized that the company remains committed to its core values, which include unbeatable value, unbelievable products, and an amazing team. The brand Refresh, done in collaboration with marketing firm The Shipyard, includes a new color palette, store signage, and a new logo that abbreviates the brand name to AF. There are three key things to know about the new look retailer. Firstly, the initials AF have a dual meaning. While they stand for American Freight, they also represent the company's core categories of appliances and furniture. Secondly, the brand Refresh brings a sense of fun and humor to the brand. This is evident in the marketing spots and the reimagined shopping experience, which focuses on making the stores more shoppable and customer-centric. Lastly, the rollout of the new look is underway, starting with beta test stores in Denver and Tampa, and gradually expanding to other locations.
AF's goal is to solve customers' problems and provide a straightforward and enjoyable shopping experience. The company emphasizes same-day delivery, a curated assortment, and a team of problem solvers who are dedicated to assisting customers. The brand Refresh aims to communicate these values in a clear and engaging manner. The new branding and signage have already been implemented in some stores with the full rollout planned over the next few months. AF is currently focusing on tax season and will commence a broader rollout thereafter. Home textile sales may continue to face challenges in the short term, but there are still opportunities for growth in the industry. This was the main message delivered by Joe Derakowski, an advisor and vice president of home industry with Circana, during the recent Text Talks webinar organized by the Home Fashion Products Association, HFPA. Derakowski provided insights into the future of the home textiles market, emphasizing that sales declines are expected to persist until mid-2025. However, he also highlighted that a rebound is anticipated in 2026, driven partly by an increase in first-time home buyers. Although soft home sales in 2027 are predicted to remain flat, growth is projected to be steady in the following years, including 2028, 2029, and 2030. Regarding pricing and promotions, Derakowski mentioned that traditional models are resurfacing. The ability to adjust pricing based on demand has returned, with some categories experiencing decreasing average selling prices due to consumers shifting from buying sets to purchasing individual items. In terms of consumer preferences, Derachowski advised product developers to focus on essential and functional aspects. Opportunities within the home textiles sector include capitalizing on the outdoor living trend, catering to home remodels that lean towards DIY refreshes, addressing the needs of students moving off campus, and offering health-related products that contribute to better sleep. Despite the immediate challenges, Derakowski emphasized that there is still money to be made in the home textiles industry, both in the coming quarters and throughout the next decade. With the challenges faced by furniture suppliers last year, many sought ways to maintain their orders and expand into new categories, while this endeavor requires expertise, it brings various advantages. Suppliers not only become attractive to new buyers, but also enhance their relationships with existing buyers, potentially securing more floor space. Though not exhaustive, here are several companies that diversified their product offerings over the past 12 months. 1. Legacy Classic Vertical Bar Modern, a case goods supplier, entered the motion upholstery category. 2. Martin Furniture, a case goods importer, expanded into the dining category. Three, Howard Miller and Heckman Furniture introduced custom modular cabinetry. Four, Hooker Furnishings M Brand ventured into dining while Drew and Jonathan expanded through Pulaski Furniture. Five, Copeland Furniture, specializing in high-end wood furniture, added a wood-focused upholstery line. Six, direct-to-consumer upholstery company Sabai entered the rug category, emphasizing recycled and upcycled materials. 7. Maven, a bedroom and dining case goods supplier, entered the occasional category. 8. Artistica, a luxury case goods and accent furniture supplier, debuted in the upholstery category. 9. Vaughn Bassett returned to the dining category after a three-year hiatus. 10. Velo Home, a case goods importer, unveiled the Velo Modern line featuring upholstery sets. 11. Legends Home, a case goods and mattress supplier, launched its upholstery collection. 12. 
rug supplier Surya expanded into upholstered furniture, case goods, outdoor furniture, and lighting through acquisitions. 13. Nurison Home, another rug supplier, added home accessories, bedding, textiles, lighting, and custom items. 14. Unique Loom and Loloy, both rug companies, expanded into pillows and other decor. 15. South Bay International, a bedding and mattress supplier, introduced the Infinity Lounger motion sofa. Stay tuned to Furniture Industry News from FurniturePodcast.com to stay informed on the latest updates in the furniture industry. And make sure to subscribe for future episodes. 